Frequency is for open-minded thinkers, for observers who are hopelessly curious, for experiencers of the mysterious, and for those who are passionate about perceiving the unknown. I will be sharing with you all my own exceptional experiences and other extraordinary constructs that exist in our reality. Welcome to Access Elysium. What's up and welcome to all of you beautiful souls out there. I am your host, Amber O'Dell, and this is Access Elysium Podcast. So have you ever heard yourself talk inside of your own head? Well, if you have, then you have experienced a common phenomenon called internal dialogue. And this is one of the many kinds of thoughts that you have in your mind. So coming up on the show today, we're going to dive into the mental gymnastics of thoughts that take place inside our minds, aphantasia, hyper aphantasia, and the other types of thoughts that exist and do not exist in the reality of your mind's eye, and my own personal and life-changing communications inside of my own mind. So what the fuck are thoughts? Haha! <laughs> I don't know. But thoughts, well, what I think they are, all of this is just what I think, you know, nothing's for sure in this world. But thoughts are the reality in your mind's eye. So this is what's going on in the background of your physical reality, like a second visual, auditory, and emotional dimension that is running in conjunction to your earthly existence. (laughs) Such a long explanation for the word thought. But thoughts might not seem like a very significant element in your life, but they're actually extremely complex and they are the building blocks of the reality that you are experiencing right now. So where do thoughts come from? Well, Johann John, a neuroscience PhD, claims that thoughts come from nowhere and everywhere, all at the same time. Thanks, Johann. Thanks. That helps a lot. (laughs) But subjectively, he says, our thoughts come from nowhere. They just pop into our heads or emerge in the form of words leaving our mouths. But objectively, we can say that thoughts emerge from neural processes and that neural processes come from everywhere. So still don't know what that means. (laughs) Thanks, Johan. (laughs) So what are thoughts made of? So thoughts are believed to be generated in the brain, which is composed of like 100 billion nerve cells that transmit impulses. In other words, thoughts are electrochemical reactions. So sciencey <laughs> explanation of thoughts. But your thoughts are energy. Your words are energy. Your actions are energy. As you bring more energy to any thought or conversation or any action, you increase your powers of creation. So what that means is the more energy you put towards something, the more powerful it is for you to make that happen, to focus on that, to have that as your reality. So there was a website, theteachingsofjoshua.com that had some really interesting things. So 
in there, their article of energy of thought says to radically change your approach to thought, you must create a standard for thought. I love this because what I found out is that about 60% of your inner dialogue of the voices in your head, well, I have multiples. There's lots of voices. Some people, I guess it's just one, but those thoughts, 60% of them are negative. It's like, you're just walking around talking shit on yourself all day. That's fucking horrible. We got to stop doing that. We got to raise our standards of our thoughts because then you will no longer accept low energy thoughts. Your standard has been raised. You're not going to allow that to happen. You now feel for high energy thoughts. Now, from your higher level of energy, when you get there, you attract thoughts that support this new stance. So once you decide, I want happy thoughts, and those are the thoughts I'm going to support. I'm going to focus on those thoughts. So when that starts happening, man, you really do, you start to see and hear and feel happier thoughts. So when a thought of worry enters your mind, you reach for a powerful thought instead. That's how you keep your, your energy vibes high. Now, don't get me wrong. You are going to have shitty days. Like you're going to wake up and you had a shitty dream or you just, nothing seems to be going right. Man, those are days that suck and they're going to happen. And there's nothing, you could try to think as happy as you want, but man, there's just sometimes that you got shit days. The one thing that I have found that works best for me when I'm like in a funk is I just need to change my surroundings. My The energy that I've got going on somehow is just clouded all around me. So maybe I just need to get out of that box. Maybe I feel like shit because I'm just laying around the house. I need to get out of the house. I need to change my surroundings. Um, if I get around other people who have better energy and who are upbeat and have like happiness to share, it lifts my vibration up. I need to get around better, happier situations. That's kind of one thing that I found that helps me get out of those, you know, stupid, sucky days. But so are then if thoughts are energy, they have to be a form of energy, like real energy, like energy and mass are interchangeable. Like what is the E equals MC squared? So since thoughts are energy signals, the energy transmitting a thought has mass. So yes, your thoughts take up space somewhere, like real space. They are energy. The ions and molecules that are encoding the energetic signal for your thoughts have mass too. Everything is energy and energy is mass. So let that sink into your thoughts for a second. <laughs> Let that weigh your mask down. <laughs> so why are thoughts so powerful? Well, neuroscientists have discovered that repetitive thoughts form neural pathways as neurons that fire together and get wired together. So the more a particular thought or belief is activated and reinforced, the stronger these neural pathways become and the more automatically they become our go-to pattern of perceiving. So if for some reason I decided that when I was a kid that, um, I don't know, something really made me anxious. So I've attached that thought and every time I think about it, it makes me anxious because those are the neural pathways that I've created for it. And every single time I think about it, that's the reaction I'm going to get because I made these crazy big pathways 
to that thought and that feeling. So the opportunity to intentionally change our thinking by forming new neural pathways to turn our experiences into something new and different is completely possible. I mean, you're, you're making new pathways all the time. You can break your old habits if you want to. You can create new bad habits <laughs> or, or good habits. That's what I meant, good habits. So on the HuffPost.com, they had some article about, do you know how powerful your thoughts are? And what they stated is that when we are operating unconsciously on autopilot, we're selectively perceiving our experiences by interpreting them in a way that is in alignment with our existing beliefs or fears or hopes and dreams. So literally, it's almost impossible for a different point of view to get through to us when we're on autopilot. It's kind of like when you get in the car and somehow you just drove all the way across town next to all these other cars and on all these crazy road stop signs. You have, I have no idea how I got here. <laughs> my mind was wandering and I was on autopilot. I mean, thank goodness my autopilot's pretty good. It got me where I needed to go, but your thoughts are the same way as when you get behind that vehicle. So our expressions and behaviors are quite literally self-fulfilling prophecies of our mindset. So over time, when we're running on autopilot, new experiences simply serve to validate our existing way of being in the world. What? So when we're not consciously encountering our, our lives, our experiences simply validate and reinforce our existing beliefs and fail to inform us of new possibilities. What? Okay, so what the fuck does that mean? That means that if we let ourselves continue on a path of autopilot and all the things we've already done and we've got our our mindset, we've got our our goal set, we've we've got our way of life, we don't want to get outside of that box, you will quite literally stay there because your thoughts are going to keep you there as well as your actions because you're just on autopilot. You're missing out on all the other cool shit that could be happening to you. I never want to be on autopilot. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of hard for me to be on autopilot all the time. My mind's wandering all over, floating in the universe. I'm rarely here, people. Now, here's a question that I have been asking myself for a very long time. Are all of our thoughts ours? And as far as I'm concerned, I've come to the conclusion that the answer is no. No, they're not. <laughs> There's a lot of voices going on in your head and they are not all yours. They're coming from all over the place. It's like, I feel that we're more of a receiver than we are anything else sometimes. So I had to give this comparison to my kids and their friends one time. And I don't know if I lost them. I actually, I know I lost one of them. He was like, uh, uh so I'm trying to describe how consciousness works. I was like, okay, so consciousness, I was like, if, if you think of your body and your mind, you don't exist inside your body. Like all the things that are happening are not happening in your mind. They're happening in your consciousness. 
and it's similar to like Wi-Fi. Like your consciousness is kind of like Wi-Fi where it's everywhere. It's all over. It's floating around and existing all over the place. But your brain is kind of like the router where it's picking up your consciousness. And now it's the information is flowing in and you're able to use your body then to use that information to interact like a, an avatar in the world. <laughs> and one of them was like, what? We're like Wi-Fi? And I'm like, oh, you're getting there. <laughs> Don't worry, I'll help you. <laughs> but really your thoughts appear only to you and you're not being they're not being heard by anyone else whatsoever or are they because I think they are but there's only one physical world here on earth but there's billions of different internal worlds going on inside all of our heads so think about it how many people are on earth now would they say like eight billion I don't know too many probably or, or not, you know, maybe they're over-exaggerating. Uh, maybe there's enough space for us all. Um, but 8 billion people have 8 billion minds. But let's say in each one of those minds, there's another billion worlds going on. So we're talking about, ah, I don't even know how to calculate that. A gazillion, bazillion, quadrillion. I don't even know if that's a fucking word. Yeah, I know it's not a word, but that's how many worlds are going on just here on Earth within the physical and the mental realities that we're all existing in. So here is something from StanfordDaily.com where they had this article on the thinker or the listener, which I thought was very interesting. Are we the thinker of our thoughts? So what does that mean? We usually assume that we are the thinkers of our thoughts. Like we thought that, we created it. That's minds, I thought it, but... Rather than thinking your thoughts, you are more often listening to the thoughts as they come into your consciousness. You are a receiver. This is what I'm trying to say. That is, you are the consciousness observing your thoughts, not the thinker creating them. So more important than the question of what constitutes a thought is this, who or what thinks the thoughts that fill our minds? We usually assume that we are the thinkers of our thoughts, but do we really create the thoughts in our minds? Do we really choose to think anything in particular? If you pay close attention to this process, you will probably find that your thoughts have a life of their own, entering consciousness without any decision process on your part. Rather than thinking your thoughts, you are more often listening to your thoughts as they come into consciousness. You are the consciousness observing your thoughts, not the thinker creating them. What does that mean? Okay, so um, this is insane. So you're trying to tell me that I'm not thinking these thoughts. I am receiving these thoughts. Who is sending the thoughts? Who is in charge of this shit. <laughs> but you know what? I get it. I mean, somehow, sometimes it's really hard to wrap your brain around things and understand a concept. Like, I had an issue with understanding dimensions for a long time. I just, my little earthly brain 
was like, oh, no, I don't know what that is. But it so it took a while. So you have to find something to correlate to. So music. I used to write music. Um, and, well, when I was a kid and then in my 20s, early 20s as well. So I just remember constantly that I was hearing music in my mind, in my thoughts. And I would have to, I would wake up in the middle of the night and I would have to roll over and I kept a little recorder next to my bed so I could hum different melodies into this recorder so that I didn't lose them um, because they were just coming out of nowhere. Johan, it is nowhere. They were coming out of nowhere. And I felt like sometimes this music that I was writing that I actually was not the one who thought it, that it was sent to me, that I was hearing it and I was picking it up. So now I completely understand the concepts of these thoughts are being sent to me. I am not necessarily the one in charge of creating them. So this was a little hard for me to accept, I guess you would say, because I feel that I am a creator. Like that is what I am here to do. If there was nothing left for me to choose as my profession or what I want to do in life, I always want to choose to be a creator. I want to create things. I want to, where there was nothing, I want to make something, whether it's through art, photography, graphic design, painting, furniture, uh, just anything. I want to create things. And so, for me to accept that I'm not the one who is this genius, <laughs> hello, no, not me, okay, that is creating all these things, I'm just the receiver for it. So what does that mean? Okay, so maybe so that I don't like completely feel <laughs> like worthless, that I'm not the one coming up with these ideas, is that I'm the curator of all of these ideas. Ha ha. Okay. So now I understand I've curated, um, you know, like fashion shows, art shows, art galleries before. So now I'm understanding that better as well. So I'm the one who is deciding what thoughts that I want to accept as my reality and what thoughts that I want to take from this one realm of just ideas and then put them through this process of coming into my to my mind, secondly, and then my mind deciding to make my body do something that then creates this thing in front of me that is this art piece of life. So Technically, I still am a creator. I can't let that go. No, I'm still a creator. I'm just the curated <laughs> creator. <laughs> well, I came upon a very interesting question from futurelearn.com. They did a blog on thinking and feeling and what's the difference. And I hadn't really viewed it in that perspective. I was like, what? So the question is, which comes first? Thought or feeling? Oh, so I'm a big feeler. I do a lot of things and make a lot of choices in my life based off of my feeling or what I like to call, you know, the, your intuition or, you know, what resonates with me. So thoughts are ways of dealing with feelings. So feelings come first before the thought. Wait, what? I fucking thought that. Ha, I thought, ha, did I? Or was it not me? 
I'm, I don't know yet. <laughs> it's still me. It's my higher me. That's what I'm going with. So, okay. Thoughts are ways of dealing with feelings, ways of thinking our way out of feelings, ways of finding solutions that meet the needs that lie behind the feelings. Okay. So now that we're back to, <laughs> I don't know shit, <laughs> but what does that mean? So now feelings come first. So that means that my understanding of being able to perceive whatever information is floating around out there in the consciousness ocean, that my feelings are picking up the situation at hand before any of my thoughts. And now we're just going to have to come back to that because my brain can't handle it. Okay, so this is where I need that bigger head, you know? <laughs> Remember when I was talking about I needed a... Way, like I need one of those ancient Egyptian elongated skulls. Got more stuff to put in there. Well, moving right along here. Do thoughts emit frequencies? Oh, there's a whole nother one. So every thought and emotion has its own vibrational frequency or wave frequency. So like quantum mechanics has demonstrated how a wave frequency can be altered. So thoughts are like sound waves. So they do emit frequencies. Your thoughts now take up space because they have mass and they have their own frequency. This shit is fucking amazing. How incredible are is one little concept of a thought. So now we can try to understand that thoughts and emotions, or let's say thoughts and feelings, we're going to club them together. Yes, that's what we're going to do for now. I can understand that. So thoughts and feelings have their own vibrational frequency. Emotional frequencies uh, in the Latin word, it literally means energy in motion. So this is awesome. Uh, Emotion is neutral in itself. Um, it's not really like negative or positive. What you think of as emotion is actually the experience of energy moving through your physical body. What? Holy shit. So now we're saying that feelings or emotions are moving through you and are projected onto you just like thoughts were receiving the emotions and the thoughts as well. Okay, let's level up here. So if I can curate my thoughts, I can also curate my emotions and my feelings. So I can decide when those feelings start to hit me that I want to accept them or I don't want to accept them. Okay, how is this possible? So my, oh, how do you control sometimes your emotions? I mean, I get it. When you are a baby, your emotions are all over because you don't understand your surroundings and you're just trying to feel your way through it. And as you get older, you mature with your emotions and how to deal with things around you. But sometimes the emotions are so strong. It's, how do you, I don't know that I feel like I'm choosing them. I feel like they're just happening. Like happiness, joy, sadness. Those are things that are being projected onto us. <sighs> okay, moving forward. Well, here is something that makes our minds and our thoughts even more peculiar. So the question is, 
is it possible to enter another person's mind? Okay, X-Men, let's figure this out in a study that for the first time establishes the feasibility of direct mind-to-mind communication. An international group of researchers has successfully shown it is possible to non-invasively transmit a thought from one person to another person 5,000 miles away without either of them having to speak or write. That's fucking awesome. So we are talking like telepathy here. They are sending information directly mind to mind. So in the brain to brain equivalent of instant messaging, the study shows that how the internal team of neuroscientists and robotics engineers used various neurotechnologies to send messages via the internet between the intact scalps of two human subjects over 5,000 miles apart. One was in India and the other one was in France. Uh, this was done, I found this on uh, medicalnewstoday.com. So uh, they wanted to discover if it was possible to send messages between two people by reading out the brain activity from one into the other and to do it across a great distance using like existing communication pathways. One such pathway is, of course, the internet. Hello, we know that's like another dimension. Um, so then they had a question, could we develop this experiment that would bypass the talking or typing of the internet and establish direct brain-to-brain communication between subjects? So <laughs> what they're, they're putting... Like the, the internet is existing in our minds instead of just, they're being able to test it through computers, but they're sending information through the internet into our minds. Now, previous studies have already shown that a person can have a consciousness, a consciousness, <laughs> we all got a consciousness, uh, have a conscious thought about moving an arm or a leg, and then that would be conveyed uh, via EEG, like brain computer interaction uh, thing that would pass it to the robot and then move the limb or the controls on a wheelchair or artificial limbs. So we know that this is possible, but this new study takes that stage like further by adding a second human brain to the other end of the communication system instead of just a um, prosthetic leg. So the team carried out similar experiments between Spain and France, and the final results showed only an error rate of 15%. Whoa, they were nailing it 85% of the communications. This is like magic. We're talking about here. I mean, seriously, this is amazing. Well, let's start thinking about this question now. What do your thoughts sound like? Okay, so in my head, the voices, uh, plural, that I hear, not all of them sound like my own voice. A lot of times, the voice that is supposed to be me just thinking. It sounds very different from the voice when I'm talking. I mean, it still sounds feminine most of the time, uh, but it's almost like uh, it's a different me, if that makes any sense. And one thing that has always kind of baffled me is, okay, sound. How is sound created? Sound is like the friction of vibrational waves. Like there has to be some kind of contact to create a sound wave that's going out. How 
there's no friction of things happening in my mind. I'm not banging tambourines to make sounds in there. What, how are these sound waves created from silence? But even more baffling is this little concept. Um, did you know that there's people out there who cannot hear their own voice play out in a conversation in their mind? Like, this is, I guess it's a natural phenomenon, but some people might experience it more than others, but it's possible for them to experience no internal monologue or dialect at all. So when you think that your mind can't shut down and it's just talking, 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 uh, a song on repeat, the list of things that you have to do today, some people have none of that. They do not hear voices in their head talking to themselves. Are you fucking kidding me? Okay, if you think I talk a lot now, if you got into my head, I'm having three different conversations right now. (laughs) And taking that one step forward is something called aphantasia. So what this is, is the inability to visualize things in your mind's eye. So you, there's like nothing going on in there. It is, the world is shut down inside your head. Nothing is happening. So you see absolutely nothing in your imagination. So what does someone with aphantasia see? Like they have no mind's eye. They, they are essentially, their mind's eye is blind. So, and some of them, they can't even imagine what an orange looks like unless they're looking right at it. They can't imagine what it tastes like or what it smells like. Some people don't even recognize somebody's face because they cannot imagine it in their mind until they see them right in front of them. Whoa. I mean, how? I just, how would you function like that? Are you just like that <laughs> that movie what was that movie that I used to love like in the 2000s where the dude had a tattoo shit on him all the time because he only had like a memory of about 15 minutes and it went from backwards to the beginning oh I love that movie what was that called memento memento so you can't remember what anything looks like or what it smells like or what it feels like or tastes like in your imagination because you don't have one. Oh, that's so sad. Like, I mean, I've, I've seen interviews with people with this and they seem super normal. Like there's nothing sad about it, really. Just for me, though, just because I don't have that, I've already experienced this whole other world going on in my head. If I didn't have it, it just would be so sad for me. And there's also then the opposite of aphantasia, which is hyperaphantasia. Now, that is a condition of having extremely vivid mental imagery. I mean, the experience is like as vivid as seeing it in real life in your mind. Now, I can relate a lot more to that than aphantasia. I mean, I haven't looked into it. There could be a possibility that this I, I could have a little hyper aphantasia because my mind is so crazy vivid that and, and so are my dreams. Okay, story time. So just like two nights ago or two mornings ago, 
I was having this dream that <laughs> I'm hanging out and somebody passes me a joint and I'm like taking a hit off of this joint. It's like the shitty fucking end of the joint where it's already falling apart and everybody's already slobbering all over it, but you haven't had it yet and you, my God, you're going to get this last hit in there and it falls apart in my mouth. And so I've got like the little pieces of it in my mouth and I've got ash in my mouth and I can kind of taste the sweetness of like a swisher sweet that we've rolled it into a blunt and it's just that that nasty like shit that gets in your mouth if you don't roll it up right with the ashes and everything and it was grody and when I woke up and I came out of this dream very slowly because I was just kind of slowly waking up I could taste that shit in my mouth for like almost five minutes after I was awake. I mean, I was pissed because it tasted like shit and I couldn't get it out of my mouth. But it was something that happened to me in my dream. Like that taste came through that realm and into this dimension with me for five minutes. I really don't know how to explain it. I even called my husband that morning and I told him all about it. I was like, I still taste this shitty fucking joint in my mouth. <laughs> so now here's something I have also thought about a lot since I was a teenager when I first found out what schizophrenia was. And I, I've always questioned if... I've had people tell me they're like, uh, you do know that um, if you have all those voices talking to you in your head, that's that's called schizophrenia. And I'm like, wait, you think I have schizophrenia? <laughs> like, I don't know if I have schizophrenia because I, I do. I have lots of voices talking to me. Um, some of them are shitty and some of them want me to do crazy things. And I'm like, ew, no, you have to go. I have figured out how to push those thoughts away. So I deflect those. Those don't even come inside my little love bubble anymore. <laughs> I I try not to let them get in. Every once in a while, some of them can like sneak, you know, through the cracks when you're having a stressful day or something happens to you and it shifts your emotions from happy to angry or sad or hurt. Uh, so some of those voices can come through when my emotions have come through in a situation but schizophrenia is where people report hearing voices of other people speaking to them or telling them to do things. And I can relate. So, okay. Now, schizophrenia is a serious mental disorder in which people interpret reality abnormally. So schizophrenia it kind of results in a combination of hallucinations, delusions, and extremely disordered thinking and behavior. And it, it impairs your daily functioning. Like you don't function on the regular. You're not firing on all cylinders like everybody else on a regular day. Um, and people with schizophrenia require lifelong treatment. So... I don't think I have schizophrenia, but I can relate to schizophrenia. When you're actually talking about the description of it, I understand it. So there are five types of symptoms that um, are characteristics of schizophrenia. So delusions, uh, hallucinations, disorganized speech, 
disorganized behavior and so-called like negative symptoms, like negative emotions or flattening of your emotions. And so, okay, so Big Think, I love Big Think. They have such great stuff online. I can't wait to read all their new stuff all the time. They're one of my favorites. So they did a, a thing on schizophrenia. And so since schizophrenia is a disease of the mind and the cultural context that it occurs in, your culture has a serious impact on how schizophrenia manifests. So what does that mean? So whether you're in North America, China, or Antarctica, if you're diagnosed with diabetes, it's the same kind of diabetes. Uh, Big Thing says if you get lung cancer, it's not going to be a different kind of lung cancer just because you live in India. But schizophrenia can take different, wildly different forms, depending on whether you're from Europe, Japan, Pakistan, or any other place on earth. That's crazy. So Westerners tend to experience like a more depressive symptoms in their disease. Uh, They're also more prone to think insertions and thought removals, which are delusions centered around the idea that you don't have control of your own thoughts. Wait a minute. I thought that's what the fuck we're talking about. I was now under the impression that nobody has complete control of the thoughts that are put into your consciousness. You are just the curator of your thoughts. So like, are we all schizophrenics here? I don't know. But okay, so insertion, the delusion is that somebody or something has placed thoughts in your mind and that thought removal is the opposite, that someone has taken thoughts out of your mind. See, I feel like all of this is possible, but I don't feel like I'm schizophrenic or am I? Now, okay. So hearing voices is another thing. I do that too. Um, But they're good voices. I I must be the Easterner schizophrenia. (laughs) Uh, On the other hand, individuals in developing countries, they have more um, auditory and visual hallucinations. Um, So non-Westerners tend to be somewhat nicer to themselves than American schizophrenics. So they did this study at Stanford, and through the research, they focused on 60 adults with schizophrenia from the U.S., um, Guana, Guana, I think that's how you say it, I'm the worst, and India. While many of the participants mentioned that they heard good and bad voices, Americans only reported having bad experiences with their auditory hallucinations. Like the other ones described playful and entertaining uh, voices, but Americans had violent and threatening experiences. Okay, so like their voices were like torturing people or telling them to do this, to take their eye out with a fork uh, or cut someone's head and drink their blood. What the fuck, America? Seriously, (laughs) we need to get our shit together. Uh, Of course, hallucinations aren't the only symptoms of schizophrenia. Delusions are a major component of the disease as well, but those vary over all the cultures too. So they did a study with like 324 patients from Japan, Austria, Germany, those three places. Okay. And they found that Austrian Germany patients experienced more delusions centered around uh, poisoning, illnesses, and death, and religious topics of guilt and sin. 
the researchers chalked up the fact that religious delusions were more common amongst Germans and Austrians because they had more of a Christianity presence. Japanese traditions of Buddhism, it does not feature like original sin so heavily as like Western Christianity. So those individuals did not have those kinds of experiences. So it highlights how strongly your culture contributes to your identity and then your it, it contributes to your internal identity and your own thoughts. <sighs> okay, so now we're going to get into my <laughs> very crazy uh, personal communications going on inside of my mind. Well, there's a lot going on in there. And like I said, I got a lot of voices. And I don't mean that in a weird, crazy way. I just mean that maybe my mind has so many different layers to it that I'm able to have multiple things going on at the same time. And I have to, <laughs> I don't know, like... Uh, put different voices to different situations so that I can separate them out and know which one's which. Ah, that sounds crazy. We're just going to roll with it though. But okay, so this story goes back to, oh gosh, let's see. I think I was about 15 or 16. So I have always been very, very good at recognizing sounds. Sounds are very important to me. So voices, for instance, um, I can recognize them instantly. If we have had a conversation long enough to where I remember who you are, if you call me 20 years from now, you don't have to tell me who you are. I will recognize who you are by the sound of your voice immediately, no matter what. Any kind of sound, music is very, very important to me. The, the sounds create different emotions for me, and I, I, I love different sounds. Even hearing sounds is different for me, too, because I feel, I thought I was, I had like the worst hearing for a while because I just thought I was going deaf. I'm like, what is happening? I can't hear certain things. So we got my uh, hearing tested, and I have like a pretty extreme hearing. So what happens is, when there's a lot of sounds going on at once, I have a problem separating the sounds out to where I can hear one over the other. Uh, like, so if my husband is like rubbing my hair next to my ear, the sound of that is so much more intense than the sounds of other things. It, it, it like silences them out. I can't hear the other sounds over it, but if it's quiet and there's no sounds happening, I can hear the conversation going on at the very end of my the neighborhood block. Like I hear extremely well when there's no other sounds coming in. But anyways, got on a sound tangent there. But so anyways, I recognize voices very well. So I am hanging out at my parents' house by myself. Just I don't even know if it was just a weekend or summer, uh, I can't, no, no, no. It was probably like, uh, towards the winter time and nobody's home but me. And I'm sitting on the couch and I'm watching Oprah, <laughs> Oprah. She was pretty big back then. She's still pretty big, but sh her show was big. And she had 
uh, John Edwards on, who I love. He's like a medium who would communicate with spirit and kind of like pass on information. And this is such crazy synchronicity that I'm setting up here for you. You can't make this shit up. The truth is way crazier than fiction. So I'm hanging out on the couch I'm watching this and during the commercial, I'm just chilling and all of a sudden in my mind's eye, in my head, I can hear the voice of one of my good friends who had passed away. Uh, so all of a sudden I can hear her say plain as day in my thoughts, call my mom. And I'm thinking, uh, <laughs> okay, how, what do I do with that? So normally that is a thought that just you know, comes in and you can either take it or not. And it was quiet. It wasn't loud, but I recognized her voice. I knew it was Hillary. So I was like, you know what? Hmm. I'm just going to try this out. Let's see what happens. I, I've, I'm kind of crazy anyways, but let's just roll with it. So I decided, okay, fine, let's do this. <laughs> I'm 15 or 16. So it was, I was, really nervous. I didn't know what to say. What do you say? What do you fucking say when that happens to somebody that they're trying to communicate with? This is just a thought in my head that I decided to roll with. So I picked up the phone and I called Hillary's mom and nobody was there. Nobody answered. Ha <laughs> ha. So thought wrong. And I heard her voice again say, call back in five minutes. They were at the store. And I was like, oh no, am I making this shit up? <laughs> having this weird conversation in my own head but I was like no we're doing this so I waited five minutes I call back and her mom answers and I don't know if I paused or what but I'm like hey how are you doing um, I was like okay so I know this is gonna sound really strange but Hillary told me to call you and then there's this silence and I was like oh no I'm losing it. And then all of a sudden her mom, you know, obviously got a little emotional on the other end of the phone and says, oh my gosh, thank you so much for calling me. She said that uh, they'd been asking for a sign for her to let them know she was okay. And today was the one year anniversary of her death, which I was completely unaware of. And so all of a sudden, that little thought that communicated to me that was out there in the consciousness that I received and picked up was an actual communication. And I kind of had chills and I was like, oh man, okay. And so I just opened up and let the thoughts come in. And like, she's telling me about some necklace and that they were going to be looking for a new car. And she was like, yes, we're actually looking for a new vehicle right now. And it was just, it was so much. And so I decided to go over, you know, and, and sit down and, and talk to her about it. But holy cow, all of that happened just from a single thought that was coming through that I recognized, you know, as a frequency that I should listen to. And so schizophrenic or not, I feel like all those little voices in your head are so important. And if you listen to the right ones, that the ones that are the good ones, the ones that are there to help you, they are, they're to the point and they're short and they feel very grounded and, 
even no matter how quiet they are. They're so important for you to use in a good way. I decided I wanted to do something positive with that. And that's how things just evolve into these beautiful realities when we use our thoughts in positive ways. Now, I don't claim to be anything but me. I mean, I don't feel like, I do feel like I am special, but I feel that everybody is special. I feel like everybody has the ability to be anything, to do anything, to feel anything, uh, and to just create whatever wonderful reality that you want. I mean, I just wish that I could help other people to have more positive thoughts and more positive, you know, views on themselves, on their own lives, their own realities. I just wish that I had the special powers of healing for people to make sure that your thoughts make up your reality. So you should definitely think of yourself as awesome. Think of yourself as special. Think of yourself as this amazing thing, having a human experience. Because man, this is a wild ride that we're on. And if your thoughts create your reality, I want you to have an awesome reality. Now, here is my call to all of you experiencers out there. If you have had any kind of extraordinary experience with your thoughts or anything else that we have talked about on this podcast, please feel free to contact us at accessalysium at gmail.com. I would love to hear about anybody else's perceptions of this reality that could just open up a new Pandora's box for not just me, but all the other listeners out there. So please send us any of your good stuff. I would love to hear about it. Well, I hope you guys have enjoyed the time that we have spent here together today. (laughs) I don't know if I chased my tail more through this, I did realizing more about a single thought now. Am I any smarter from what I've learned or am I still just as confused as you as to what the hell is going on? (laughs) Well, I don't know, you know, that I have all the answers, but what I do know is that I'm so grateful for the opportunity to be alive in this body on this planet in this realm right here right now with you guys and I can't wait to share more with you on the next Access Elysium podcast.